0: Welcome to the Thrills and Jills podcast brought to you by ShareBird and Clue. This is a show all about establishing product marketing and being the first product marketer. I'm your host, JD Prater. Today we're talking with Blake Thorne, the Senior Product Marketer at Process Street, about taking the leap to establish product marketing at an early stage startup. But before we do, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Clue. That's Clue with a K, the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers who drive revenue for their business. Clue helps you collect, curate, and distribute competitive insights to enable sales and revenue teams to win more deals. Don't just compete, compete to win with Clue. Blake, welcome to the show. You've recently joined Process Street as their first product marketer, which we're going to get into, but... You were product marketing at Atlassian. You may not be familiar with Atlassian, but like you probably have heard of Trello, but you were on the Jira team, which I'm pretty sure a lot of us are familiar with some Jira tickets and understanding that. So you spent over four and a half years there. I would love to hear a little bit about your time there.
1: Thanks for having me, a fan of the show, like super humbled to be here and um, yeah, pumped to talk some product marketing stories with you today. And yeah, pretty ubiquitous product, especially in tech circles, but increasingly even beyond tech and software companies, Jira is just a behemoth brand and product and really a whole product family. So I got the opportunity to work on a rebrand of what is now Jira Service Management, previously Jira Service Desk. I actually launched a little known new member to the Jira family that didn't last too long was sunsetted in favor of other priorities, but a small product called Jira Ops and was super humbled and exciting to actually bring a new member of that iconic product family to market and launch a whole new Jira product. So happy to talk about that a little bit too. That was super exciting. And yeah, had joined Atlassian through an acquisition through a startup called Status Page, was there for a little over about five years. And I think it was the first five years, we were their first acquisition as a public company. So their first five years after IPO and yeah, just saw some outstanding growth. And I think across the board, that company grew at least double in size across almost every meaningful metric while I was there. So it was incredible to be part of that and to learn from, I think, some of the best marketers and product people in the business.
0: Yeah. That's one of the, this is not financial advice, but it's one of the stocks I like to keep my eye on. If you (laughs) it's always up and to the right, it seems. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, people talk about advice to your younger self, and mine is always don't sell your Atlassian stock. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I'm curious because you got really into product marketing specifically at your time in Atlassian. And that was through an acquisition of a company called Status Page where you were the head of content. So this is a really yeah. interesting, I would say, kind of transition from content marketing into product marketing. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about that transition. Mm-hmm. And also like, what are some of those transferable skills? Because I know there's got to be quite a few.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting move. I'm super glad I did it. And it's been a few years now. But if I recall, the sort of choice was put in front of me like, hey, just based on the way the marketing org is structured here, you can sort of stick with the product with the folks that you came through the acquisition with and be a product marketer because that's how Atlassian and a lot of other teams organize their marketing org where product marketers will be assigned to a product. Other marketing functions like content demand gen events might be more across the full scope of the company. I just made the choice. You know, I liked the folks I'd come in with. I wanted to sort of continue working on that product. So made the transition over to product marketing. And yeah, it was really just kind of getting thrown in the deep end. Luckily, I was surrounded by what I think are some of the best product marketers in the business and were at the time. And so there were a ton of great folks to learn from. But I think a lot of the core foundation that you develop doing content or before that I did journalism and the core foundational skills around storytelling, writing, communicating, thinking with an audience in mind behind everything you do, like translates really well to product marketing. And especially in a product-led organization like Atlassian, content is such a heavy part of the go-to-market mechanism there that having product marketers who can not just do research and other important product marketing functions, but actually kind of put pen to paper and deliver content super valuable to the go-to marketing function there, probably increasingly at more companies too.
0: Yeah, I don't see writing going anywhere. Yeah. I know there's all these AI tools that can write my messaging and write my ads for me yeah. and all of that with using some what is it like is it yeah. three or sure three, sure. Whatever it is, right? Yeah. But I mean at the end of the day, you've got to be able to write and whether that's internal communications, external communications, but yeah. I loved your point about keeping the audience in mind. And that's really what's key when you're thinking through that product marketing you're an expert on the product. You're the expert on the audience. You got to like marry these two together. So that sounds great, man. Like it sounds like you had a really good time at Atlassian. You were in the product marketing team coming from the content side at status page. And then you made this jump and you made the leap. I'm really excited. There's so many people that want to kind of jump in and be that first product marketer, but a uh, few people are willing to kind of risk it. And so you ended up joining a startup called Process Street and you're now their first product marketer. Tell me about that experience and the kind of, What drew you to the company?
1: Yeah. So our VP of marketing, uh, Brian, reached out to me about the opportunity. He had a couple months under his belt there and was really working on kind of filling out the marketing team, filling out some of the blind spots on the marketing team. And they had a strong history of doing a lot of great content marketing. And we continued to do a ton of content, but really Brian came in to try to flesh out the rest of the content marketing or the marketing organization. And yeah, a lot of appealing things about the company and the opportunity really Overall, what I would say sold me and made the difference in making the decision was the first time I was able to really spend some time getting hands on with the product and getting in there and kind of hitting that wow moment with the product and realizing, gosh, there's just such an opportunity. If I didn't really see this or feel this earlier in the evaluation cycle... Such an opportunity here for product marketing to kind of pull that wow moment forward and to make that realization stronger to people before they're maybe a couple minutes into a trial, maybe when they're on the website or when they're seeing an ad or hearing about the product some other way. Like I saw such potential, but it was that delay there really excited me because I thought product marketing can really make a strategic difference here.
0: Were you trialing it and playing around during your interview? Definitely.
1: Yeah. And I was familiar with it. i had probably been in and out of the application a handful of times over the years and sort of passing familiarity with the company. But definitely during, you know, by the time we were interviewing, I was sort of getting hands on finding ways to learn it and actually use it.
0: Yeah. I think people don't do this when I've talked to them and I've always been a little bit surprised because I just thought it was like one of those things like, really, this is the product yeah. you're going to be marketing. Like you should want to get in and play around with it. Yeah. And I know that can be kind of tricky at an early stage company, but at the same time, like give me a demo. Like I, I want to see yeah. what's going to happen. So if you're out there listening and you are interviewing or you're thinking about an early stage, go play, go have some 100%. fun, at least get a demo. Cause I think, yeah. you know, this is what your future is riding on. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. If you're trying to break into product marketing or if you're trying to break into tech in any function, especially if you want to get a foot in the door with the support team or something like, especially now with SaaS and free trials and like more digestible pricing models, like you really can become an expert and you really can, like if you put your head down and get committed, know the product inside and out. Probably better than a lot of people who currently work at the company. And if you can show up to an interview, not saying that's what I did, like I still have a lot to learn with our product. But if you can kind of come correct to an interview showing that you've developed some baseline expertise in the product, that's going to make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, I'm curious as well, because again, Alaska had already gone public. It's a stable company. You got a stable product. You've got a growing team. I mean, I'm sure by the time you left, what, probably five, 6,000 people, right? I think more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Pushing seven or eight, I would say. Seven or 8,000 people, right? Like, yeah. This is a pretty good company. They're really well known, highly regarded. Series A startup. Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about that decision process.
1: Yeah. Thanks for phrasing it in such a comforting <laughs> manner. <laughs> no, I mean, they're a fantastic larger company now. And like there will always be fantastic larger companies. And I think people can tend to be a little, what do they call it? Like a one-way door, two way door decision. Like people can kind of treat this like a one-way door decision where if everything blows up, there are other Atlassians out there. But the opportunity to come in and start something from scratch, if that's what you want to do, the opportunity to come in and establish something in a spot where you really feel like this function has like a major strategic role to play. I just saw so much potential there. And I really think people evaluate this, you know, you have to evaluate it based on the company and also based on your own growth and development and what you're going to get out of it. And that's kind of always my advice for people making the decision about a startup or making the decision to join a startup is what is kind of the exit strategy for yourself? There's always the bigger goals and ambitions on the company and ideally it's Hey, we're going to keep, if it's a startup, it's we're going to keep growing and maybe go public or have an exit or just continue to grow and be a successful company. And as you know, as we know, like that's never a given in any startup. So you always have that as a risk consideration. However, I would say that just the chance to think about, yes, that being the priority and what you're working toward, but also like what position are you going to be in if that outcome doesn't happen for the startup? Like, how can this set you up to be in a good spot for the next move after this? And you kind of play chess or, you think about this move, but also think about like, well, how's this move going to set me up nicely for the move after this, if the startup goes this way or that way. So yeah, I just saw such a great opportunity to come in and establish the product marketing function at a product that had great momentum, had great people, had an awesome team behind it. And where I could really see that product marketing could make a strategic difference for the trajectory of the company.
0: Yeah, I think those are really good points too. I forgot who was talking about this, but I was reading somewhere, probably on some Twitter thread that I got lost in, but they were really talking about being really strategic in these moves. And it sounds like you were, you kind of knew what you were looking for because you really only get maybe eight, maybe 10 moves. And I thought that was a really interesting thought, right? Of like, assuming you stay roughly four years at each company, And this is a lot of assumptions, especially in tech, right? Assuming you stay for a while and you're within your tenure, you don't get too many moves to really kind of prove yourself or whatever it may be, right? Because those last at the later stage moves, you're probably thinking you're in the VP, CMO, like you're in a higher role. In the beginning, you're really in kind of this earlier stage junior roles. It's this middle section where you really have to think through, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? And it sounds like you were really coming in and this idea of establishing product marketing was really intriguing to you at a great company, great people, of course. My question now, how did you know like you were kind of ready for this move?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I don't know if you ever 100% know. And I don't know if I think it's something where there's you just have to trust that there's a good deal of gut feeling that's going to go into making the final call on that. And the other, the sort of more tactical advice I would give on that, though, and a technique that was really helpful for me was just having good mentors and a good network of colleagues, former colleagues, friends, mentors, folks I had worked with, largely through working at Atlassian, frankly, I'd met some incredible people, folks who had done this journey themselves and gone off and worked at other companies and pursued other things. So really just having folks like that to lean on and sort of chew through the decision with was a major benefit. And that's definitely what I would recommend. If you are somewhere at a company with a lot of great people now, big or small, like hold on to those relationships and put the work in to stay in touch with those people and sort of cultivate those. People get so caught up in networking, quote unquote, is like, I need to go to some conference with a stack of business cards and swap, you know, <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn in contacts with some stranger. My best networking advice is like your strongest network is going to be the people that you cross paths with, worked with, and stayed in touch with over the years. So put the work in to like cultivate those relationships and continue to have those relationships. And when you confront a big decision like this, you'll have folks like that to to kind of be in your corner.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to make this decision in a box. And by a mm-hmm. box, I mean, your own mental brain capacity is like, you've got a lot of other yeah. things you're thinking about. But I know humans, we're just terrible at predicting the future. And so, yeah. whenever you can have this idea that bounce off, for me, I'll bounce an idea off my spouse. I'll have uh, former coworkers. I'll have mentors. I'll have this kind of like yeah. coaches, if you will, of just, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What am I missing? Have you thought about this? Or how are you waiting And and uh, one thing I like too, is you're talking about coworkers. I also think it's important that if you're going from tech to another tech company, having that experience in tech is also important because they can help you see these trends and understand things where if I were to ask my dad, my dad is a farmer in Oklahoma. He has no idea like what's going on here. (laughs) When I talk tech, he's like, yeah,
1: I would say, especially if you're working on, in the past, some of the, obviously Jira tends to have a more, is not solely a product for developers and technical people, but heavily weighed technical audience there. And I've worked more on kind of DevOps tools, like status page that tended to have more of a developer focus. And if you're working on something more technical like that, like I have said no to roles and opportunities because I have developer friends who I have talked to about specific technical trends or technical companies or technical opportunities who have said flatly in frank terms to me like you should pass on this i think this trend is overhyped and like they've been right i literally had someone say that to me once and then like a year later that startup failed right like (laughs) your mileage may vary i'm not saying that'll happen every time or every developer will be right on every call but especially if you're in a more technical field like yeah, you better have some dev contacts that you can have these conversations with too (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I'm curious because I was talking about how we're so bad at predicting the future. I'm just curious, how has this played out in your head? So I'm sure you came in with maybe some preconceived ideas. Maybe you even had like a 30, 60, 90, maybe somewhat of a layout, but now you're coming Mm -hmm. into the startup. How are things maybe different or some of the challenges that you weren't expecting?
1: Yeah, gosh. <laughs> there are many. I wouldn't say unexpected, but I will say if you're going from a bigger marketing organization to a smaller one, this is more striking and pronounced than you could even imagine and I think that is this effect of like at a larger marketing organization At last, I'm sure had several hundred, if not a thousand marketers when I left. So there are all these standalone function, standalone teams full of experts for these different functions. So if you want to have a webinar, there's a webinar team. If you want to have Mm -hmm. a answer a data question, there's a data science team. If you want to send an email, there's an email team. So there's this like in-house expertise through all this type of work that you, you know, product marketing is like super collaborative. So you wind up interacting with these folks a lot and there's having that in-house expertise expertise is fantastic and you're able to sort of plug into some of the world's experts on whatever thing you need to do and it is a striking difference when you come to just a smaller company without those functions built out yet and it's like you want to send an email here's the login you want to find, <laughs> you want to find some data here's the dashboard here's the database you know like please don't break anything there's a big pronounced difference. And the trade-off I would say is just like speed versus expertise. Like there's a great deal of moving faster that startups can do because you don't have to wait in line kind of to be able to deliver on whatever you're trying to do, but you also might have to learn it from scratch. So (laughs) there's some trade-offs there, but yeah, I would say that that is like a very pronounced difference, right?
0: Yeah, I feel you, man, here at Osmo Series A. Like my first month was go learn Webflow because we're launching a new website. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, there you go. Yeah. So thankfully Webflow, if you're out there listening, amazing product, great yeah. tutorials, great community. I was able right, to get a lot right. of the questions answered. <laughs> yeah. But I'm
1: sure before that, it's like you can make a thousand website changes and not even know what the CMS is.
0: No, no. <laughs> <So> it's like <laughs> I just filed a request. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I can definitely relate to some of those things with in regard to like kind of establishing the role. What are some of those things that you've been working on? Like, what are some of those things that you would say? Yeah, like this is what you and I'm working on to establish this function within process Street.
1: Yeah. Well, there are certainly a lot of work streams here to dive into. I would say first and foremost, like learning the product inside now has been key. Like I said, I'm still learning. It's a product with a lot of power and a lot of potential. And there's the application itself. And then there's the use cases our customers use the application for. We're a no-code builder platform. So people don't just buy us, but they buy us plus they have their bespoke use case, whether it's employee onboarding or sales outreach or client onboarding or something. they. will build that out or use a template or work with our consultants to actively build out their process workflow in our application so there's a lot to just knowing the product and the potential use cases that is sort of the foundation for them being able to kind of communicate out that value and market it but then yeah beyond that more tactically we've had some pretty major product launches i think there was a there were product launches in flight the day i got here and really frankly haven't stopped since so there's always product launches in the mix we have an incredible product team that ships fast that works Fast That delivers improvements at a pretty outstanding clip. So my goal is to amplify their work and never be a bottleneck. And on top of that, we launched a pretty significant, really a new product within our platform that kind of leveled us up from a single product application to a kind of multi-use platform called Pages, which is essentially a free knowledge base. And both launching that and sort of using that as a catalyst to level up our overall positioning and messaging was a big effort. Effort in those early months, too. So, we had always kind of this solo product, solo application portfolio that we effectively doubled with this launch of pages. And that really caused us to need to take a hard look at just our overall positioning and messaging and figure out okay, how do we rethink and reestablish? how we communicate about our company and our offerings, given this new major widening of the aperture here. And on top of that, coincidentally, we haven't had a product marketer yet. So we're kind of doing this for the first time anyway. So a lot of ground (laughs) to cover with that. And on top of that, we had an event, we did a virtual event that was our kind of first ever user conference, had great success with that and hopefully aim to do even more of those in the future. That wound up being a fantastic showcase for our new product developments and just a fantastic mechanism for getting different folks and teams in the company kind of working toward having an event. Major effort, but super glad we did that.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. It's not like you've been, you've definitely been busy. I was curious. We have a lot of people listening. They're the first product marketer. They're coming into an org. Typically there's already a dev team. There's usually already a product in place. Basically we're not employee number one, maybe 10, maybe 15, maybe 20. Right. And you're trying to plug into systems that are already there. What advice would you give to product marketers that are coming in and you're trying to, hey, I can help you. I loved how you said I can amplify your work. How do you Mm. plug into those work streams?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's first and foremost kind of communication and empathy job. And I know it can always be tempting if you're coming from one company to another, you kind of get this syndrome of like, oh, these people are doing this wrong because we did it X way at my other company. You kind of get this, we did it like this at my other company. And I would say like always lead with assuming positive intent and always lead with assuming that We're working here with smart people who are doing things a certain way for a reason. And the thing that you think might be a different way of doing it, maybe they tried that three tries ago. So check your ego at the door and try to learn and try to be open to communication first and foremost. And I would also say, learn some good process management techniques. And I'm maybe just saying that because I'm up to my eyeballs in process management, but there's a lot that I've applied in terms of, like I said, don't be a bottleneck in terms of how value flows through the full stream of the organization and where you can add value to it. Like you almost can think of the overall organization as a assembly line or factory like that. And being a good process thinker can help you see those places to plug in. Gotcha.
0: Cool, Hmm. man. Well, it sounds like you got uh, your hands busy. You've got uh, some pretty good process though. I mean, I think that's kind of the key is coming in and trying to help plug in where you can. It is kind of like an assembly line, but I'm really curious to see what like year two will be like after establishing product marketing for you. So we'll probably have to do like some catch-ups on that, but you know, the name of the game. I mean, this is thrills and chills. When you think about your own product marketing career, you know, what are some of those highs? What are some of those lows?
1: Yeah, I would say across the last year here, the event I just mentioned, we put on a virtual event called Highway, definitely is a thrill for me. I think we got started with like a sort of, you know how those stray ideas from CEOs and co-founders come up, but sort of started as a stray idea and experiment with Gosh, I think we had 10 weeks to put it all together, nine or 10 weeks from company that had never done an event before, didn't have any virtual event platform, didn't have any means to put content together and really didn't have any budget outside of our own. You know, we put all the content together completely organically. I think all we paid for was the platform to host the live event on. But basically brought everything together, leaned on our team to help put great content together, leaned on a lot of the internal expertise we had, leaned on our customers and some experts and friends in the industry to come in. And it was just an outstanding team effort to see, not just with the marketing and product teams, but support, sales, success, like so many people pitched in in one way or another, big and small to this. And it was just outstanding to sort of be in the front seat for. So that's one of the highlights of the past year. And I'd say my entire marketing career was helping highway come together and then chills. Like I said, just coming into a smaller and it's sort of like getting off the cruise ship and feeling like you're in a lifeboat without a preserver and just you in a paddle, like, okay, (laughs) you know, and and thankfully I am not alone in our little lifeboat. Like we got some fantastic people on board here. Another shout out to our VP of marketing also has a background in product marketing. So that's always nice, even though he has sort of full org scope of responsibility. He's got some product marketing expertise, which is always good to lean on. But yeah, that's definitely the chill for me is just the sort of pressure of being a solo entrepreneur for PMM.
0: You're not the only one that has ever said that, right? I mean, this is, we're in season three now. We've had quite a few product marketers, whether it's been on the show and been recorded, or maybe it's just talking before the show, say this thing. And it's one of the ways that I felt even before launching this show. And so it became somewhat of the impetus of launching the show is just being able to hear from other people. It helps, right? It's still not a replacement of having another PMM yeah. next to you that you can bounce ideas off of or yeah. having at least like a VP coming from the product marketing background. That also helps. But at the same time, I'm hoping that this podcast does help those out there that are in the life preserver that are paddling. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. we can at least be in your ear to keep you paddling. <laughs>
1: I think it's fantastic. And I think I've told you, like, I'm a fan of this show. And it's a big help when you're in a role like this. And it, there's a lot of psychological benefits to just having even this, it's, you know, kind of one way broadcast, but having someone it feels like can relate to your position that you're hearing from in podcast form, that's fantastic. My other advice sort of hitching off the advice I gave earlier, but it's fantastic to have other friends and mentors who have been in this position or RPMMs and other companies, like, it's fantastic to be able to talk to them too. So, it's fantastic to have those folks outside this organization who I'm really close with and can reach out to and, you know, Hey, I would love your opinion on this or help me chew through this problem or what would you do here? So I'm always texting or slacking a friend in product marketing outside of process street to kind of make me feel less lonely here too.
0: Well, for those out there that maybe want to reach out to you, like where can they find you?
1: Yeah. Twitter and LinkedIn are a good bet. I'm just Blake Thorne on both those platforms, or you can check out Process Street and jump in the support chat and ask for me and someone will route (laughs) it to me. But yeah. And I'd also say if any of this opportunity at Process Street sounds exciting, we're hiring another PMM and I would love to talk to anyone out there who is interested in, if you want to be the first PMM somewhere, reach out. I'd love to share more about the experience and give you any advice that you want. If you want to be the second PMM somewhere, reach out. I'd love to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) because that's exactly what we're looking for. And as you've probably gleaned, we have plenty of work to do here, but I think it's a fantastic place to be a PMM. I really do. I think it's an awesome opportunity and I think we're just getting started. So I'm looking for someone who can kind of be a co-pilot on establishing PMM
0: here. Well, we'll definitely include links to Blake's Twitter and LinkedIn and to this job role in the show notes. So go check those out. And now a quick word from our partners at Clue. Stay in the know about your competitive landscape with Clue. Share real-time insights across your organization with Clue's dynamic battle cards delivered everywhere your sales reps live through integrations with Salesforce, Slack, Highspot, and many more. With Clue, you'll never let your sales team be blindsided by competitors again. Crush your competition with Clue. And we'll see you next Thursday. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked, things you want to hear, anything else, please email us at podcasts at And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I look forward to seeing you next week.